0: Welcome to Biblical Higher Ed Talk, where we tap into the wisdom of leaders and practitioners of biblical higher education for the advancement of colleges and universities teaching the way of Christ in the modern world. Each week, we'll tackle topics around leading your organization, expanding your impact in the world, and deepening your faith through Christ-centered conversations. Ready to make a difference in the lives of your faculty, staff, and students? Then let's begin our journey.
1: Today on Biblical Higher Ed Talk, I sit down with Hunter Champion, president of Austin Christian University located in Austin, Texas, to discuss the story of his calling away from a coaching trajectory in the NFL to launching a new university focused on training future ministry leaders. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm your host, Philip Dearborn, President of the Association for Biblical Higher Education. And we are honored to have as our guest this week, Connor Champion. Connor serves as the president of Austin Christian University. And I've invited Connor in to talk about his calling to start a Christian university. A career track to pursue coaching in the NFL, Uh, Connor's life took a bit of a turn when he answered God's call to invest in developing leaders to advance the kingdom of God. So, Connor, welcome, and thank you for joining us.
2: Well, thank you for having me on.
1: Absolutely. So to kick off the conversation so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit, tell us about a defining moment that God used in your life, either your personal life or your professional life, to propel you forward.
2: Yeah, I think a defining moment whenever I look back, especially even where I'm at now, is... I had been in coaching for about ten years at the time, and we were just praying. My wife and I had a couple of different great opportunities. We had just moved to Texas to be at Baylor, and we had received a call from my agent at the time and said, "Hey, Connor, you have a head coaching opportunity available, and they want to interview you." And we were just praying through what's next, and we felt like we were supposed to be in Austin. And little did I know that three weeks before, pastors Joe and Lori, who lead Celebration Church, had said, Connor would be great for this role. We're starting a university and we would want Connor, but I don't think that he'd get out of coaching. And here I am three weeks later, just praying, Lord, okay, what's my next step? And we just felt the call to this without knowing that there was any opportunity. And that was obviously life altering.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you're stepping into it and and doing a fantastic job with it. So talk to us, you shared just now a little bit of the story, but. What's it like shifting that trajectory? You spend your entire life; you've been raised around football. You've gone to college to play football and to be involved with football, and then the coaching side of it. And boom, this trajectory change happens. Um, Walk us through what that what that felt like and kind of how you processed it.
2: Yeah, I think it was. It's not as big of a transition as you would think. I mean, what makes great coaches is you have to recruit well and. I think for me, that transition was about establishing a great team around me and really setting up a system that we can start operating and start running and and get great talent around. And so that's been big. I think the biggest transition, though, is really the academic component and the legalities that come with working, obviously, on accreditation, the Department of Education. It's not as simple as just selling a product. So that's been a fun transition. You're I I get an opportunity to learn a lot from people like yourself and ABHE who have really walked alongside of us in this process. And so we just lean into that as much as we can, make sure that we're doing everything the right way. And that's been fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So tell us, and you shared a little bit of the story. It was about a year after you started the Austin Christian University and one of one of your mentors was named a head coach in the NFL, which was, you know, in, in the world of coaching, it's who and who mentors you and, and the trajectory and where you go. So tell us a little bit about that story. You're deep into Austin Christian University and starting it, and then your mentor calls you.
2: Yeah. So I think the biggest thing was, you know, there's, as you know, it's it's about who you know. And so I was at Mississippi State. That was my first coaching job. And I was given an opportunity to go to the University of Houston with a guy by the name of Brian Johnson. And Brian was the OC. So I was with Brian at Houston, and then Brian goes to Florida. And it's this young guy who has really a ton in front of him. And I just knew that Brian was going to be really successful. And so at the time, I was kind of Brian's right-hand guy. And fast forward to now, Brian's the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. And this was really Brian's first opportunity to – really hire somebody I mean in the NFL it's not like college where you have a right-hand guide the owners the GM the head coach are all a part of that hiring process until you really get to that coordinator level and so I think that was a funny day because immediately I started getting blown up by everybody hey are you going to Philly Brian just got the OC job and it's somebody that he has always said Connor you're going to be my guy and so I think it was just a, a cool challenge and really. An opportunity to look at, okay, God, is this real? This was always my dream to coach the NFL and my grandfather coached the NFL for 30 years. And I knew that I was in the right place whenever I could kind of set that aside and say, no, I'm in my calling and I love what I do. I mean, as great as coaching is and as great of a dream as that was, I feel like I'm coaching every day being in the role that I'm in.
1: Yeah, yeah. And God puts us in all kinds of different circumstances, and obviously you have opportunity to serve him regardless of occupational context. But you kind of saw this as, no, this is very clearly what God has called me to do specifically for this season in your life. And it's almost immediately that was tested. So some would say that you're kind of crazy. I'm not going to say that but <laughs> because I'm in the industry of higher yeah. education, but higher education is a volatile industry where we look at where enrollment trends are going and we hear people talking about the numbers of institutions that will most likely close in the next 10 to 15 years because there just aren't the, the numbers of students to sustain so many different colleges and universities. Why in the world start a university?
2: Yeah, I think in the midst of all of this it's really that's what makes it the best opportunity is the chaos of higher education is really what we saw as the opportunity to provide an education for students um who can be holistically trained. And we see a lot of you know churches obviously that are starting ministry schools and doing things like that, but we didn't see really a school birth out of the local church that was designed for students to be trained holistically for business as mission. And so we're located in Austin. This is really, everybody's referring to it as the Silicon Hills now. We have the greatest companies in the world here. We have some of the greatest leaders in the world, a part of our church. And so we said, okay, we'll provide the theological theological components. We have 110 acres. That's a total God story, uh, hundred million dollars worth of property we'll provide all of that. Now let's partner with the business community to really train our students to be successful. And so we have seen really a ton of attention. I mean, in the first year we launched in February is whenever we announced it. And then we were crazy enough to really start it less than a year later. And so we had 140 applicants in the first year and our average student GPA is a 3.8. And so we've just been really blessed. But we're seeing a ton of parents that are saying it has gone so progressive in education. It's gone so woke, if you will, and nobody really cares about the student. And we are going to coach our students every single day and we're going to pour into them and give them access to the greatest leaders in the world.
1: That's great. So tell us a little bit that you shared when I visited with you several months ago. A little bit about austin as a city you say it's the technology is huge but openness to christianity openness to having a christian university up on the hill in austin tell us a little bit about that context
2: yeah i mean texas is a very conservative state austin is really it's it's the blue dot some refer to it as a hole in the bible belt so for us you know 98 on church in austin But we see that, again, as an incredible opportunity to really provide. There's a lot of Christian businesses that are still here in Austin and are looking for talent, and they're looking for students that possess those skills, but also have really a moral code about them. This isn't all social justice, which is great in its right place. But again, whenever that's all that's being trained into these students, there's just a void. And so... I think that's what makes it cool is that Austin's unchurched. It's very progressive, and we're going to get a lot of pushback for the things that we're doing. And we're already hearing some of that, but we embrace it. That's what makes this fun.
1: Yeah, it's what we're called to do, right? It's being salt and light in, in the world and and taking every opportunity to share Christ regardless of context. So yeah, 140 applicants. So you started this past fall with how many students?
2: So we started with 33, and that was intentional. We wanted to pilot really the program, and then this coming year, we're anticipating about 70 students. So we've already seen uh, hundreds of applications that have come through for year two, and we're excited. This will be a really a grand opening year. We have a new facility that we're gonna be uh, opening in fall of 24 as well, so it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and this is without accreditation. So
1: you're pursuing ABHE accreditation right now. You don't have accreditation, but you have to start somewhere, right? And that's a great initial response with the number of applicants and And kind of starting slow, but building up towards what you ultimately want to do. And offering associate degrees, bachelor degrees, what's that trajectory? Yes.
2: So we're offering a bachelor's degree and we're doing that as well in partnership with Southeastern. So we have an articulation agreement with DBU, but we have a a full-on partnership with Southeastern where our students really will graduate with two degrees. And that's really cool for our students and it's really peace of mind for parents, obviously. They want to make sure that their kids are not stepping into something and paying a lot of money for something that's not accredited. But we're going through this accreditation process as, as fast as possible, as Dr. Lisa Beatty knows. I mean, we want to get to that that finish line and get to the standard that, you know, says this school is, is really what it says it is. And so we think that really the first two classes may be the only ones affected by this. And then once we get over that hump, then it won't be an issue. Yeah. yeah.
1: So just, just curious, how do you go about starting a college? Like we have 158 hundred and fifty-eight long-standing members. I've seen a, a few startup institutions in my presidency at, at ABHE, but like how, how do you start a university? You just kind of get in a room and say, let's start a university and there it is.
2: Well, I think the first thing is you have to be totally naive to what goes into that process we really probably didn't know enough to even know what we were getting ourselves into. And so that's the first step. But number two, I mean, really the, the story of our property, I mean, going back to that sitting on a hundred million dollars worth of land, Dr. Charlie Barton owned this property in 1942 and always said on this hill will be a church and a university that will reach the world. And so he didn't know about celebration. He didn't know about Austin Christian, but That is what he always said to his family. And so, fast forward to 2003, you know, Pastor Joe says from the stage, We're going to have 100 acres on I 35. And we started knocking on doors, and this family opens up and says, Who told you? They said, Two days ago, we had a family meeting. Our dad has always said this. And we feel like this is exactly the vision that he had. And so, we knew that there was going to be a university on this property. And so, it's really been about 20 years in, in the making of when are we gonna do this? And really it was the people that we've surrounded ourselves with. It's a lot of people that have done this at a very high level for a long time and having an incredible team just, that's been huge. We have various team members that have been in education for a long time and been really successful in business, but really primarily in the university space. So uh, it's been unique.
0: Biblical Higher Ed Talk is sponsored by ABHE, the Association for Biblical Higher Education. At ABHE, bringing the love and light of Christ to the world is reflected in our drive to see our member institutions flourish, leading them to a time of success for their institution and giving them the tools and insights they need to look toward the future. Interested in learning more about membership with ABHE? Visit us at abhe.org. Or send us an email to membership at abhe.org. ABHE is your partner committed to advancing biblical higher education for kingdom impact. Now back to the show.
1: I love how you address it at the at the beginning there of you don't know what you don't know, but that's not a deterrent to just keep going and asking questions and surrounding you with people who do know and keep, taking those steps. And uh, you've shared that story of, you know, the property and even having been there and there's an apartment complex that was building apartments that are uh, adjacent to your land that you're able to use for dormitories. I mean, you definitely saw all of the pieces. And I I think about that as our movement, because our movement is over 150 years old and you think about those institutions like a moody bible institute who's been you know with us from the start they had to start somewhere right every every college every institute every university had to have that moment where they got together and said yep we're going to we're going to do this because we feel like god is leading us in this direction so it's been personally fulfilling for me to kind of watch from a distance one of those inception moments of an institute of biblical higher education getting started. And, you know, you walk down the history hallways of these colleges and universities who have been around for, you know, 100 years, 90 years, 120 years, and you see those class pictures of the first class from, you know, the late 1800s. Someday somebody's going to walk down the hallways of Austin Christian University and they're going to see that first class and they're going to see that. Connor Champion with standing there with that first class picture, but you get a chance to build that legacy. And that's such an incredible opportunity. So as you're doing this, I'm sure you've experienced some rewards and conversely, some challenges along the way. Talk to us about what, what's been the most rewarding thing and what have been some of the challenges as you've been getting going?
2: Yeah, I think the, the rewards, I really underestimated what it would mean whenever we got students on campus. And so whenever you hear stories about students, you know, we have a student that was a four-time All-State MVP in every sport, 4.8 GPA. I mean, incredible story. She raised her siblings and fostered at 19 years old. And, but she went to the University of Texas, which is obviously an incredible academic institution, on a full-ride scholarship. But from day one in her classes, she was told, you can't talk about your faith. This is a place that it's a no faith zone. But at the same time, she felt like she was being berated for her faith. And so whenever you hear or you see what our classes bring to that, where we're offering a business education, but these professors who are leading incredible companies or they're part of them are praying over her to start her class and they're checking in on her and pastoring her throughout the week. Those stories have meant the most to me. And you feel the weight of that. I mean, before it's all theory, it's all, okay, here's what we're going to do hypothetically and, and, and structure and all these different things. But whenever you have really these students that are being affected, you feel the weight of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What a great way. and And that gives me encouragement to say that you actually are on mission because it's, Ultimately, it's not about our structures and how we do the business of higher education. Ultimately, it's about a life that's changed, which are our students. So that's great to see. And all the planning that you've done for you know two years to now actually this fall have the students in place to to actually start that. That's got to be a tremendous reward. Any other rewards?
2: Yeah, I think other rewards have just been, honestly, the people that God has sent us, is just been unbelievable. I mean, we're in the process of And by the time this video airs, will be the global director of strategy at Apple is coming on to our team, and so graduate of Harvard. I can just go down the list of all the different peoples. I mean, CFO of a major company has come on. The number one business student at Auburn is on our staff now. So, and then we have the greatest theologians in the world, and in Theos University, which is a fastest growing Christian platform in the world arguably and so their team comes every two weeks and teaches in person and so we just that has been incredible and it's never compromising the culture that we're establishing at Austin Christian I mean they're bought in to the things that we're doing and to making sure that our students are equipped to make a difference in the world like we don't want to um, really put out students that are going to be walking around with their Bibles in the business world and saying, hey, you better read this. We want students that are so good at their jobs that they add so much value to the individuals in their companies to say, what is different about you? And ultimately, that will be their faith. And they're being equipped with the skills to articulate that faith. That's great. That's great.
1: So conversely, I'm sure you've had some some challenges along the way. What are some that you'd be willing to share?
2: Yeah, I think I think the biggest challenges are always just making sure that you're operating the right way with the Department of Education and there's always great ideas and especially whenever you're dealing with business people that are a part of helping build this there's a lot of things that they'll suggest or is just hey this is an easy idea it's it makes sense but you can't do that. And so that's always a fun conversation is, hey, I'm not trying to play the trump card on this, but the reality is we can't do it. And that's been hard, is you're trying to make sure that you're being creative and innovative, but also this has been something that has been around for hundreds of years. And so you can't reinvent the wheel on everything that you do. But I would say also it's, I mean, just from a very practical standpoint, is language is an incredibly difficult thing. And a lot of people are like, well, let's just get out there and let's just say this. And that's why maybe it even took longer for our team to really start pushing this and marketing our school because they wanted to say something so fast. But you have one opportunity to make a first impression and you better get it right. And so that was a little difficult is making sure that we're setting ourselves up to succeed with the language that we use. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I, I could definitely see that. So any other challenges that you're facing?
2: Well, I think anybody listening to this will understand that the fundraising component is always a challenge. And I mean, even with the resources that we do have, there's so many people to reach. And there's so many people that I think would find this valuable. And our job is to make sure people have the information to really help be a part of that. And I feel like if they're not, and again, this is. In our bubble, if they're not a part of what we're doing, they probably don't know what we're doing. And we haven't articulated that well. And so that's been definitely a new challenge. You know, you're not fundraising as a football coach, but in my role now, you meet with people every day, all day, and you're always pushing the vision. And so that's been a fun learning process.
1: And I would imagine, too, and and some of this will age out over time, the the challenges that while you've started, you don't have any anything any successes that really you can point to other than the fact that you've started right so part of fundraising is telling the story, giving the vision, but that's typically predicated on some historical context of, hey, you know we've been around for thirty years, forty years, fifty years, and we have 300, 400 graduates who are out making the difference and doing it you don't have that story to tell it's still it's still theoretical at this point,
2: yeah, it is and that is something that obviously you know with Celebration Church. So, I mean, we're here in in Georgetown, which is a non denominational church, and we started in a house and then a library, and we had nothing, and we were we had eight people whenever we started the church, and now we've seen it grow to countries all over the world, and we have twenty seven thousand people at Celebration, and that's the thing that we often come back to is whenever we started Celebration, all we had was a tell. And now at Celebration, we have a show and a tell. You know, we do the things that we say that we're going to do. And we feel that a little bit with the school. I mean, obviously, we've had a a lot of incredible buy-in, but they want to wait and see. And that's okay. And we have to really remind ourselves that that's part of the process and not to have a chip on our shoulders about it. But we'll get there. Our new facility and really our grand opening. I mean, this will be the first year that we've done any external marketing will be, I think, a step in the right direction for us.
1: So you're a young leader. You've had some leadership experience. And obviously, coaching is a great leadership learning opportunity, both those that you lead and those who have led you. Talk to us a little bit about how you grow personally as a leader.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you can look at Proverbs, and it just over and over again talks about, uh surrounding yourself with wise counsel and things succeed because there's wise counsel and things don't succeed because there's not counsel. So I mean I think that's the most important part of my role is making sure that I'm surrounding myself with with people that can say hey you may want to check on this or hey Connor this is maybe an area where you can grow and so I think that if that can be my greatest strength is the people that are around me and speaking into my life and I'm openly receiving feedback, then we'll be successful. And if I don't and I'm closed off and I'm stuck in my ways, then we won't be successful. And so that's part of our culture at Austin Christian is making sure that each one of our team members is surrounded with three different mentors. And we can do that now because we're smaller and we do. I mean, like our financial our CFO has other CFOs that he pretty much bounces everything off of, both in higher ed and just in the business world. So that's the same thing with me is I have five different people that I meet with regularly that can speak into any area of my life. And um, that has been huge, huge for the success of our school. I mean, really, I feel like I'm playing point guard. I mean, there's a lot of things that I know ultimately are cultural to our school. And that's something that only I have full context to, but there's 90% of the decisions are things that I can really lean on other people to help me make those.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I so appreciate that and had the opportunity to, to, to witness you with your leadership team. And that was kind of my, my takeaway as I kind of observed was, Uh, and, and certainly don't mean this in a derogatory way, but as a young leader, you're leading well beyond your age. If, if these are principles that you know now of seeking the counsel of, and the wisdom from those that are around you who have been there and truly are speaking into your life and have the opportunity to speak truth into your life, that is a recipe for incredible success. Um. Having said that, it's very hard to do in a leadership position because there's that sense of vulnerability of opening up, which we don't always get as leaders.
2: Yeah, well, that's it's definitely. I think it's a little bit easier to be vulnerable whenever you are birthing, really, this project, and so you almost feel like a an infant. You know, your, your parents have seen every part of you; they've seen all the worst things. They've had to clean up after you. And so we're we're really like that as a school where I'm not stepping into a leadership role where anything was necessarily expected to happen overnight. And so I do think that that's an advantage of being a new school and you're just trying to figure it out and new leadership and you're trying to make sure that everything is done the right way, that there isn't a pressure from day one to sustain something that has been around for a long time. So
1: we're coming to the end of our conversation. So one last question for you, what does success look like? Describe as the the founding president, what does Austin Christian University look like 50 years from now?
2: Yeah, I think success is 1500 students. And obviously we have to do a great job of raising money to make that happen. We have $500 million in, in buildings to build, but I think ultimately, success looks like. When I, what I think about the most is, are we doing things to set ourselves and our students up to be successful in their careers? But more importantly, that we don't look 10 years down the road, which I know some of this in, is inevitable, but that our students aren't walking with Christ. And that was a huge part of our approach to building this school is we didn't want it to feel like an internship. We didn't want it to feel like something where you had to do mandatory serves all the time. We want to really build a curriculum in such a way that our students would just fall in love with Jesus more. And with that, they'd fall in love with the church more. And that is success, is that our students are walking away better Christ followers, better leaders, you know, better husbands and and mothers and wives. So, That's what success looks like, and and very practically, it's 1,500 students that are here on campus at Austin Christian, and we're on our way to do that. Yeah, fantastic.
1: Well, Connor, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the the show, and uh, we certainly uh, are praying for you as you launch this, not only for you as a leader, but for the greater vision and the incredible need that's there in Austin, but quite frankly, literally all, all around the world to have Christ followers in positions of significance who understand the Great Commission and the call that, uh, regardless of the occupational context, God has called us to share the good news of Jesus Christ and, and to make disciples. And uh, we trust that uh, that that remains the core uh, of, of what you do. So thank you very much for sharing uh, your wisdom uh, and your experiences with us today. So until next time, stay kingdom focused.
0: Thanks for listening to Biblical Higher Ed Talk. For more, follow or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. We're delighted that you chose to spend a part of your day with us and encourage you to reach out to us with feedback, topics, or guests for the show. You can get in touch with Philip, your host, via LinkedIn or at biblicalhigheredtalk at abhe.org. Biblical Higher Ed Talk is a production of the Association for Biblical Higher Education in association with Westport Studios. Views expressed on this show are those of the participants and may not reflect the views of ABHE or Westport Studios. Bring light and life to your biblical higher educational organization by inquiring about membership with ABHE at abhe.org. We'll catch you next time.